0: Now, each week since the debut episode of Running It with Nate Sexton, you've heard us talk about our friends over at Fisher Disc Golf. Well, today, Nate and I are joined by a special guest. Levi from Fisher Disc Golf is with us, and we're here to announce a long-term partnership with Running It with Nate Sexton as Fisher Disc Golf being our official retail sponsor of the show. Levi, man, welcome to the show. Hi, thanks for having me. No, absolutely. Thank you for doing this. Uh, Nate and I are, are very excited uh, about the uh, the opportunity of having Fisher Disc Golf be the official retail sponsor of the Running It With Nate Sexton show. Uh, you guys have been amazing so far, and uh, we're just really excited to, uh, to keep this thing rolling and uh, be able to tell all of the listeners uh, about new stuff that you guys have going on. And you guys have been gracious enough to give our listeners a, a little discount.
1: Yeah, definitely. Yeah, we're we're super excited for the opportunity to extend the partnership and, and, you know, continue to support each other. We have a lot going on coming up. We do have our team starting up this year that'll consist of about 40 players, which we're really excited about. Um, we're also, obviously, as you guys have said in previous episodes, sponsors of the Ledgestone Insurance Open for our second year and super excited about that. You know, we love to just support disc golf. We think, you know, this podcast has been great and an awesome outlet for stories that people wouldn't be able to hear from, you know, Nate and other pros throughout the episode. So, um, so far, it's been awesome. We've had nothing but great feedback and we just hope to continue the growth and in both sides. So
2: definitely appreciate you guys cuz you guys jumped in with us you know before we even had an episode recorded you guys were first in line and and really excited to support the show and support the effort and just appreciate it. it's been it's been really cool working with you
1: no it has i um, i'm very excited and i speak for adam as well if you guys have watched the live streams that you know we're excited to see where this goes and really excited to hear you know the same quality content that you guys have already been doing and Hopefully uh, that'll continue for longer than you know we can imagine. So,
2: and speaking of the live streams, that's kind of a unique thing that you guys do. And I kind of I've had a two or three opportunities where I kind of popped in there and saw our, what it was going on. But kind of give our our listeners where where did that idea come from, and is that something you saw somewhere else, or did you guys just come up with that?
1: Yeah. So actually, it's um, just over a year now that from the first time that I ever ran a stacks, that was an idea that I actually got laid off from my full-time job with COVID. Just as like a small side hobby, I got back into just watching sports cards and trading cards. And I seen a couple people doing a version of what we do with stacks with trading cards where they would have certain trading cards that had a sticker on the back that would win them, you know, this premium collectible card. So I seen that and it didn't hit me for about almost a month of kind of paying attention and watching that, even jumping in on some of them that, Hey, this could translate to disc golf. And with the, you know, obvious growth of the sport and with COVID, unfortunately it did have a positive impact on disc golf has brought out a lot more first timers and what better way to get some disc in their hands to grow their bags. And You know, a lot of people look over certain discs when they're in a shop or online, and this gives them, you know, something new to try. And we've had a ton of people that get discs that come back and are so excited about something they got that they had thought about, or even just a backup of something they love to throw already. So it's been a really unique way just to get people to, you know, try something new or something they would have looked over and also give them a bonus opportunity to win some extra prizes, so
0: yeah it's uh it's it's awesome i i stop in there just about every t- you guys do it every tuesday and friday
1: at eight correct yes yes sir yep we, it's i mean we've only taken a few of those days off for obvious reasons Uh we took christmas off we will be back for new year's to do one which should be tonight and yeah it's it's a great way to try some new disc out um yeah
0: I'll tell you what, I, uh, maybe it was. Last Fridays, I think I hopped in there and said, you know what? I've been on the sidelines long enough. I'm tired of watching all these people get a, a, a fun new disc. I'm going in and I'm buying a pull. And, uh, and I did. And I actually just got my first disc, uh, from that, uh, which was a prodigy. I've never bought a prodigy before. So I'm excited about seeing how it flies. And uh, you guys yeah. got it to me fast. It was, it was shipped beautifully. It came in perfect condition. You guys, uh, you guys really do it right over there.
1: Thanks, man. That was an X4, right? Yeah, yeah. Really, a a good-looking disc. (laughs) Yeah, for sure. It's funny how I just remember that sometimes. You see so many discs, you know, showing them out, like, in and out of the stream. And, you know, we were just talking the other day how many flight ratings I have memorized now. It's crazy.
2: (laughs) Definitely an expert with 18 brands, man. I mean, you're, you're handling everything that's out there pretty much.
1: Yeah, for sure. And we've, you know, everything from the big time retailers of Discraft and Innova to, you know, some stuff that people haven't heard about with Yakun out of China, RPM out of New Zealand, stuff like that. So try to get a good, diverse, you know, again, something for everybody. So
2: Yeah, I don't think I could name eighteen brands right now. And I've been <laughs> I've been playing this game a little while, so you'd think I might know, but I don't think I could just write down eighteen brands. So I know
1: you got some stuff. For sure. I don't know if I could name them. <laughs>
0: well we won't put either of you guys on the spot but all of our listeners can be assured that there's 18 brands of plastic available at fisherdiscgolf.com um, other than discs what else you guys have over there levi
1: oh we got everything i mean um another partner that has been with you guys too disc we just started carrying that great practice training tool but we have you know apparel from sweatshirts sweatpants t-shirts bags rosin bags Uh, Anything really that you could think of from the simplest thing of a nice keychain lanyard to, you know, a really nice zuka cart. So um, all kinds of stuff. Everything you need to disc golf, at least. And more.
0: (laughs) Well, that's awesome. And uh, you guys got the the Fisher disc golf team. Is that you guys are local in Michigan. Is everybody on the team from Michigan or do you kind of are you guys spread out across the country?
1: No, we actually are across 20 states um everywhere from California, Texas, Florida, up the East Coast, but you know, a little bit bigger of a base in the Midwest. Cool.
0: Well, uh I, you know, I think it's been a a wonderful partnership. It's worked out great for both of us. Uh for everybody that's listening, you guys can visit the Fisher Disc Golf Facebook page. You guys are also on YouTube now doing the
1: live streams as well, correct? Yeah, we just started doing that within the last 2 weeks. Um Facebook only limits, you know, a certain streaming quality and youtube has allowed us to be able to bring a better quality stream to everyone so you can check us out on both but if you're looking to pinpoint a disc check out youtube for a little bit sharper of an image
0: yeah i can't lie i definitely tried counting discs in that stack to to try to figure it out but then you start pulling them off and then they go back on top and i'm i'm no i'm no rain man as far as that goes
1: yeah we're pretty we're pretty good with trying to get people what they want i mean if you know if you're not right on and you at least give us a color that sticks out that you're kind of eyeing, we'll work with you on getting the discs that you're looking at so
0: yeah so you guys head over to the fisher disc golf uh, facebook page or youtube page every tuesday and friday night at 8 p.m they do the uh the live disc stacks and uh on top of winning discs like levi said there's some of those discs have little stickers on the back where you can win more discs, where you could win uh, some cool apparel. And uh, sometimes you even put an additional pull in there where somebody can get an extra disc on top of that, correct?
1: Yeah, that's that's an every show thing. That's one of my, probably my favorite thing we do. Um, like you said, you're automatically getting a free disc out of the stacks and you always have that chance of winning another chaser or item on the back of that one. So.
0: And now, for those of you who can't catch the live stream on Tuesdays and Fridays, don't worry. Like we talked about, Fisher has you covered over on their website at fisherdiscgolf.com, uh, where you know Nate mentioned the eighteen different brands of discs and some of the cool apparel and uh, tools that Levi had mentioned. And Nate, if our listeners want to shoot over to fisherdiscgolf.com, how can they save themselves ten percent? Got to use that code. Run it 10. That's right. Use code run it 10. And uh, Levi and Adam and the crew over at Fisher will uh, will get your stuff out to you fast. Now, Levi, if I wanted to order a, a couple discs or something
1: like that, how much are you going to charge me for shipping? Absolutely nothing. Oh, nice. Wow. Like <laughs> free that. shipping always with us uh, or my favorite term, free 99.
0: <laughs> that's right free shipping plus code run it 10 uh, everybody who's listening to this you guys are disc golf fans um, you're you're throwing discs or you know somebody that is stop on the website check it out and uh, again save yourself 10% and get that free shipping well, Levi, uh, again, we certainly look forward to, uh, to having you come back on throughout time and tell us about new stuff that's going on at Fisher with the team and, uh, and on the website. And uh, I certainly appreciate everything that you guys have done for the show. And I know Nate does as well.
1: Yeah, thanks, yeah. Levi. For sure. We appreciate you guys so much. And we look forward to a great year. And we look forward to coming back on. So thanks for having me, for sure.
0: Yeah, absolutely, man. Thank you so much.
1: All right, guys, run it. Run
0: it. Hello, disc golf fans and Happy New Year, as we have yet another special holiday edition of Running It with Nate Sexton. I am your co-host, Jared Orr. He is the man we've all come to hear once again. Our host, Mr. Nate Sexton. Nate, how you doing, man? Oh, I'm great. I mean, the
2: holidays are here upon us. I'm actually kind of jealous of the listeners because they're, they're in 2021. I mean,
0: that's, that's a special place to be, I think. Man, you just blew my mind. We're sitting here in 2020 and they're listening in 2021. I didn't even think about that. They've got it good. I got
2: it. I, I got to hope they've got it good.
0: I'm sure they do. Well, we brought an awesome Christmas edition with Paul Ulibarri. Uh, the feedback was amazing. We had a lot of fun with him. Looking forward to getting him back on. And Nate, you did not disappoint the listeners for our first show of 2021.
2: Yeah, we're, we're doing okay. We have uh, we probably had the second most famous Paul on Christmas, Paul Ulibarri. And this time we've got a good friend of mine, the five-time world champion, really if you listen to this show, you definitely know who this guy is. We got Paul Macbeth joining the show. I'm really excited.
0: Paul, welcome.
3: Hey, thanks guys. Hey dude. And happy, happy new year to you guys.
2: Yeah, yeah you, man. Happy new year. How was all the holidays for you? You're in Virginia. You got it. You just got into a new house, didn't you?
3: Yeah, we just moved in, um, about two weeks now. And we actually had, a we had snow on Christmas, but, uh, the snow never touched the ground. It fell from the sky, but never made it to the ground. So, I guess that's <laughs> considered somewhat of a white Christmas.
2: That's all right. Yeah, I saw a couple <laughs> pictures of the dog out on the deck that Hannah was posting. It looked at least frosty, if not snowy. There was there was a little bit of freezing going on.
3: Definitely, but uh, yeah, the holidays went well, and uh, I hope hope it went well for you too as well.
2: Yeah, we definitely had a good time. I mean, it's get Coraline now being three and a half. It's like. I don't know. It's like peak. I feel like it's getting close to peak excitement. I mean, I I think it lasts a few years, but she's just so into it. And the, the magic of, you know, she got up on uh, Christmas morning and we were talking to her about, cause she kept asking us, is she going to hear the sleigh bells? Is she going to hear the reindeer on the roof? (laughs) We're like, I don't know. Maybe it happens pretty late at night. And she got up like, I heard them. I heard the bells. I heard the, I heard them on the roof. I heard it all. She was like so happy. And then, Obviously, there's all the presents and stockings. And so she was just living it up for sure.
0: And also showing
2: you that she's not afraid to tell a fib. <laughs> well, I mean, when you believe something hard enough, I feel like, you know, maybe she did hear those bells. I'm not sure.
3: I think I was <laughs> one of the select few to get a Christmas card.
2: Yeah, you got a Christmas cards. card. We had Yeah, we had quite yeah. a few. We we got we got those out to everybody. <laughs> Everyone well, we could anyway. But yeah, that's fun. Is- I, I, it's kind of cool it's like one of those things when you're a kid you're like yeah whatever christmas cards and now that i'm older it's like i like getting cards from people and just seeing the pictures of people's families friends that you don't get to connect with as much as you might have like obviously when you're kids you see somebody all the time if it's a friend of yours but i'm i'm finding as i as i age i'm appreciating those christmas cards more and more
3: oh yeah yeah yours is on display here at our house oh yeah Yeah. i don't know how i don't know how you got our new address but you did (laughs) (laughs)
2: gonna have to move again to dodge the card man that's crazy how close is this place to your old place
3: uh about 30 minutes it's a okay. it's a decent it's a it's a nice drive though it's almost on one highway so
1: it's yeah a,
3: it's a good it's a good cruise nice but, uh, yeah yeah now that we're talking i uh i dropped the basket in on my course at home it's nowhere near ready but i dropped the basket so when step in the right direction um Saturday,
2: sweet dude. Yeah, oh, yeah. so that's the, your old, your old property, your first Virginia property, is where you've got the acreage and you're putting the course in, right? Correct. Yeah, that's so. pretty exciting.
3: Yeah, I might sneak out there tomorrow and throw in some baskets for the first, and uh, throw two some baskets for the first time since owning that that piece of land.
2: Do you already have like a course name figured out?
3: Yeah, I do, but I haven't said uh, publicly yet. Oh, that's fair. I I want- well, you
2: don't need to break that news here. I, I get that. You got to have the big, <laughs> the, the big grand opening. Exactly. That's
0: cool. So as you guys are both talking about Christmas, um, how neat was it that Disc golf was featured on ESPN Christmas Day, Christmas Night. Almost, I mean, when I was a kid, it was Michael Jordan and, and Magic Johnson. Or as I got a little older, it was you know LeBron James and Kobe Bryant. And this year, it was disc golf on ESPN.
2: Yeah, I mean, it, it was cool that that rebroadcast at that time. I mean, I think Christmas evening, you know, you sort of think, ah, oh, maybe that's not a great TV time. But I feel like it is in a way. It's like you know families are together, things are kind of winding down. Maybe somebody flips on the TV. Or they're watching football already and uh and you know it's just when eyes happen to catch us you know that's awesome and you know i think i saw uh shannon sharp tweeted and didn't you respond to him paul about getting him out there on the course
3: yeah no i responded to him i've tweeted to him um back in the day i've gotten some responses from him before so to not get a response to this disc golf one was kind of heartbreaking but you know maybe maybe he'll come around to it um <laughs> but uh yeah, it was nice to see, you know, some people were catching the, some, some significant people were catching the rebroadcasting of the, the DGPT final, so that was really cool to see.
2: Yeah, I didn't even put that together, that he's, a, that he's like a Bronco, right?
3: Yeah, yeah, so see, I've watched him since I was, oh man, really young, really young. So yeah, I've been a Broncos fan for my whole life, so gotta, gotta see Sharp in his prime.
2: Sweet, yeah, that's cool. That's even one more layer. I was thinking, oh, that's cool that he tweeted to him, but I forgot that he was that he spent a lot of time with the Broncos, or maybe his whole career. I don't even know.
3: Uh, for the for the best parts of his his career, yeah. Cool. I think he finished up in Baltimore.
0: Cool. So, how does a kid from Huntington Beach, California, become a Broncos fan?
3: <laughs> uh, my my dad lived in in Denver for a brief bit, so uh, he kind of brought that back with him when he was a. Uh, raising us, so he was the one that took us to the football game, but it's funny because uh, my brothers and I became Broncos fans because of my dad, but my mom... Well, most of my family is either Rams or Raiders fans for because both were in LA, so
0: there's some rivalries there. Nice. Yeah, the Rams left and came back and now the Raiders are playing in Vegas.
3: Yeah, and a lot of my family's happy because Vegas is like a $30 flight from LA. So...
0: Oh,
2: nice. So you can maybe catch yeah. a game. That's cool.
3: Yeah, yeah. It's a lot easier now.
0: Sweet. Yeah, I'm a I'm a Giants fan, and that's simply because I have an older brother who was a huge torment to me as a child. And we grew up in Philadelphia, and he's a diehard Eagles fan. So when I was about mm. five, I realized how much he hated the Giants. So I became a Giants fan, and here, <laughs> and here I am all these years later. <laughs> that's a good reason.
3: That's a good one. But Nate, Nate, I don't think you're a football fan too much, are you?
2: I mean, I like watching games for sure, but I pro football, I mean, being from Oregon, we don't we don't have like a, a super close team. Obviously, I like the Seahawks all right now that I'm a Washington guy, and even before, if I had to pick a team, Seahawks are high on the list. and then also Buffalo Bills, I think I've, I mentioned that to Jarrett before. he Jarrett lives in Buffalo, so and I have family from there. so I definitely had like Buffalo Bills gear getting sent to me when I was a kid. So that's, that's probably my number one and my number two, if I had to choose, but especially now that I don't have a fantasy football team, I, I'm not, a, I'm not following as close as I, I have in the years past.
3: Oh, well, this is the time you should be following right now. Both are, uh, looking I know good they're this good year.
2: I mean, I'm following enough to know they're good. I know the yeah. Seahawks won. Yeah. So, yeah, but I'm not like, you know, blocking out time to watch games necessarily.
0: Paul, are you a, are you a fantasy football player?
3: No, I've never, never gotten into it. I just don't feel like I have time to dedicate as much as I would want to, to be into it. Uh, you know, I follow a lot of players. I know a lot of players that are really good, but I just don't think I would uh, maintain it. So I've, I've never, never gotten into it.
0: Yeah, I just read Aaron Rodgers, huge disc golf fan. I don't know if either of you guys knew that, but Aaron Rodgers, quarterback from the Packers, loves playing disc golf. Um, and it's, it's well-documented. I did know that. Not that we've
2: ever crossed paths or anything, but I, I had heard that he's definitely out there throwing.
0: Yeah,
3: yeah. I, I've, I've known that. I believe his younger brother. I, I think it's a whole family thing for the Rogers. So that's really cool. But uh, no, I haven't had the chance to run into him or play. But I, I know uh, Ricky took a picture with him once at like some health store.
2: <laughs> nice. Just happened to find him. Sweet. <laughs> yep. Who do
0: you think asked who for
2: the picture? I'm going to say the Rick asked, but, <laughs> you know, that's a big leap. I know, you know, Rogers is probably a huge Rick fan. He probably sees the sees the Jomez every week, but he may, he may have some other stuff on his plate as well, preparing for his next uh, competition. Exactly. But, yeah, man, I got I to gotta hear a little bit more about how you're liking the new car.
3: Oh, the new car. <laughs> um, it's a lot of fun. I haven't taken it out a whole lot, which was pretty much anticipated getting it. Um, yeah. you know, just having that vehicle, it's, it's definitely like a perfect day type of car, I feel like, sure. <laughs> but, um, but no, it's been a lot of fun. I feel like anytime someone comes and visits, I have a reason to take the car out. So, yeah, So I, I'm, uh, I'm enjoying it. I haven't had a chance to drive with the top down yet. We haven't had a, a warm enough day since I've gotten it. And I think it's probably in for the winter now if, if it does start to snow. And we do get snow. I don't want any salt touching that thing. So sure, um, just sitting pretty right now, but it is a lot of fun. And my, <laughs> my, my first, ever, first ever time, I mean, the first time I drove it, I mean, it was screaming at me all sorts of buttons. I'm like, what is going on? Like, I think I broke it the first time I took it out of my driveway. It just kept beeping and yelling at me. And what? Why? Um, Apparently, I left the parking sensor on. <laughs> so Any time I would pass something, it'd start beeping at me because it thought I was, you know, parking. Oh, okay. Um, so it took me a little bit to figure that. and after after that, then it was smooth sailing, so um, but no, I'm loving it. I just I, sometimes I just pull it out of the garage just to see it. But, oh, my favorite thing is it's, it was parked it's parked in the garage, and every time I would go to practice, I'd have to walk by it. So I I see it and it was just like motivation. It was like the biggest trophy I've ever won. So I just see it and I'm like, <laughs> all right, I I need to go make these putts because I have to I have to make myself feel like I truly earned this and continue earning it. So nice. Uh, it's been a it's been a big motivator more than anything.
2: That's never been a problem you've had, man. You you can turn anything into motivation, <laughs> I feel like. In my time, I mean, we've spent a lot of time together, but it could be somebody throwing shade or it could be something like this where you've made a big achievement. Either way, you always use it to fuel you, and I think that's served you well.
3: Yeah, you're probably gonna talk about how I missed a putt sometime at some big tournament, and I'm gonna be all mad after this interview and go put some more in the basement. <laughs> I don't. I'm not gonna
2: do you like that. I don't have any. I don't have any big misses queued up. For, I. I wasn't. My brain doesn't go there when I think about my time that I spent with you. It's, it's mostly makes that that, uh, that come into my head. I don't think about a lot of misses.
3: Yeah. Yeah. We, we toured at a good time and that was, uh, no, it was, I th- I listened to the Eula Berry podcast. So I know, uh, our time in the RV is going to come up in this conversation. Oh
2: yeah. We got to talk about it. I mean, <laughs> you know, it is,
3: <laughs> it was good. It was
2: good times. I mean, I've said this before too, but like, I kind of got to say it every time now that we don't, uh, now that we, when we get in the same place in a media context, but man, Paul, uh, extending the offer to me to come and tour in that RV. Like that, that was sort of like a career maker for me, you know, like, I don't know if I ever would have taken the leap, you know, to be out there and be a full-time player. And it's like, without a doubt, you know, Paul, you're the most successful disc golf player there's ever been. And, but I'm probably in the top 10 or maybe even the top five. I don't even know. And it's like all so much of that hinges on the fact that you like extended that ladder down to me, you know, to say, hey, man, try it up here. It's pretty nice. <laughs> and, uh, and yeah, man, it's like I, I, I can never thank you enough for for uh, having me in there and kind of exposing me to that tour lifestyle. And that's like what made my brand and allowed me to build my skills to the point where I was able to kind of make this into a career, you know, full time.
3: Yeah, no, it, it's definitely been an honor to, you know, to travel with you and, and see that you made the most out of it. You know, you, you, you could have just rode around and just kind of played tournaments, but you, I mean, you're here now. You're hosting a podcast. You're always on Jomez. You're on more Jomez than I am. You're all <laughs> I mean, you know, you've, you've, I mean, gone above and beyond, you know, any expectations that I'm sure any, you know, I don't know. Sure. But it's been, yeah, it's been, it's been incredible. Um and yeah i'm I'm honored to be able to travel with you and and be on the tour on tour with you because it it definitely opened my mind and my eyes up to uh you know this side of it, you know the, having to be open and you know talking on these podcasts on these interviews and and yeah, you were extremely helpful with all of that so I remember
2: not letting you rest too much when we got those McBeast challenges going. I remember we were running these tournaments called McBeast challenges. You know, at first they were just called McBeast challenges. And after a little while, it was kind of like featuring Nate Sexton, which I felt pretty good about. But, uh, you know, it was a thing we were doing and I still do something similar to it with Sexton shootouts when there's no COVID around. But it was a tournament where we would give two discs to the players. They'd bring their own putter. We'd play one round. We'd have a clinic, all this stuff. But at that time, you know, Paul's, at, at that time and every time that we've ever been playing disc golf, Paul's contract was just a hair sweeter than mine. So I was like a little more motivated to like, hey, man, let's add another stop. Let's add another stop. Because, you know, Paul was generous enough to split the profits on that with me, you know, so I was like putting in the work to plan them kind of in return for not really being the the star power in the draw. And I was kind of doing the heavy lifting on the clinic as well, because that's kind of my forte. But yeah, I, I can definitely remember like Paul going, oh man, do we have to do another one? I'd be like, yo, can we please, can we, can we go and hit this city, hit this city just to keep us busy and, you know, keep making money while we were out there.
3: Yeah. And it was mainly because I had to do those clinics over and over and over and over. I, I'm just not <laughs> a fan of doing clinics. Yeah, man. And you, I mean, that was your thing. You, you taught for, you know, at Oregon State for a little bit. Yeah, so you taught disc golf, so you got used to it. And I was just like, man, I just want to play. I don't want to teach. Yeah, for uh, sure. But that was the biggest pain in the butt for me was doing the doing the clinics and stuff. I didn't mind driving to these events and doing all that. And I, I mean, I, don't, I wouldn't call myself a greedy person because I, I felt like I was like, yeah, take all the money you want, Nate. <laughs> as long as you're doing it all, take it all.
2: Yeah, no, I didn't. I never would have thought that at all. I thought it was pretty generous <laughs> to offer me fifty-fifty on the tournament that was that had your name across it and your face huge on the flyer and all that. So yeah, it was that was big for me for sure to be able to to work work on those with you, and then you know, obviously that became for me like the basis for my Sexton Shootout events, which is the exact same thing just under a different mm-hmm. name, and that's yeah. that was huge for me and Bree too. And once we had our own RV and we were out there doing it, so. Those were fun times for sure. Just remembering all those times traveling around and all the different places. And as long as, you're, as, long as your allergies were under control, we had a pretty uh, good time. I remember a couple of times where you kind of laid up, especially up in the Northwest when the allergies were hitting you hard. But most of the time we were good.
3: Yeah, it's, I haven't been up there since.
2: Yeah, <laughs> I can see why. I mean, you were definitely down and out.
3: Yeah, but hopefully I got that under control. So we'll see. I think, I think 2021 will be the year I get to go back up to work again.
0: Let's go. Got a lot of questions about that actually too. When, when are we going to see Paul back up in the Pacific Northwest? So there we go. 2021. Yeah. Let's do it.
3: 2021. That's the goal, you know, COVID pending.
2: Um, yep.
3: You know, that's the goal is to get up there. play. I definitely want to play the Portland open again because I, I mean, I haven't played there since worlds. I think at blue Lake. Yeah. And then, and then Milo, I think Milo is one of the most beautiful places. Um, of course isn't in my top five, but the Oregon is just so pretty in the summer.
2: Yeah, must, it'll be fun. Must
3: make soon. And maybe even stop up in Washington for a little bit.
2: We'll see. Hey, man, come by the house. We'll have a good time.
0: <laughs> so, Paul, we, we know what you're doing with that sweet, sweet discraft money. But one of the things that we've talked about with all our guests was – when you got your first big contract in disc golf, was there something that you went out and, and bought a lot of or kind of splurged on? Now, Big Germ was flat brim hats. He bought one at, at every stop that he could get at. Uh, Yuli went and bought himself a car that he's still driving to this day. When you got that first Innova, when you started making that money, was there something that you finally said, now I can go out and buy this or more of these?
3: Um, I think I started paying rent. I think that was my first thing. I started paying rent on the house that I grew up in. Um so I think that was the first thing I started spending my money on. I was spending it on my family and back home. But I know I I I'm thinking way 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 back to like my first right before my first world's. Um and I definitely bought a a vehicle to tour in, but I didn't keep it as long as Julieberry. Um, <laughs> I think I maybe got 70,000 miles on mine before I got rid of it, but um yeah, if I if I, if I was to say what I spend most of my money on, it's probably probably vehicles.
2: Yeah, this dude's not really a stranger to a fast car. I mean this this newest <laughs> one is for sure the fastest car,
3: uh-huh. but
2: uh, it comes from a proud line of fast cars.
3: <laughs> yeah, so that's that's definitely. I mean, I think that's why I spent my money. I spend my money on this because I grew up and I had so many bad vehicles growing up. Um, yeah, they did not last long, so I I. I feel like now I, I'm in the opp- I have the opportunity to finally get cars that aren't going to break down on me while I have them. So now,
0: you're, I, now your I, cars I, yell at you.
3: Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, now they're telling me to be too cautious. But that's probably where I, I waste most of my money is, is on cars.
2: The thing I think about, man, is like I feel like I'll, I'll often joke that I kind of got to having a career in disc golf by accident and that I was just sort of like trying to have fun and play disc golf Mm-hmm. and got better at it and better at it and better at it and started playing tournaments and you know, winning tournaments, winning a little bit of money, but it was never like, Oh, I can see the future and I'll someday I'll be able to have a this signature disc and, and go this far with it. And I'm curious for you, you know, I can't imagine you could see it coming as, as big as it has here, but I know you're like, as long as I've known you, you've always been like a big picture guy and sort of like a forward thinking, like planning your moves out ahead. So I wonder like, you know, how does it feel now to be able to have been, you know, to be in a spot from disc golf that's allowed you to take good care of your family at home, your grandpa, your mom and everybody that needs if they need help. But and how much of that did you feel like you were on the path to and how much of it is like sort of like a crazy surprise to you? Or do you kind of feel like this was the plan and now you're here?
3: I think the big picture, I feel like this is always the plan. Um, I mean, I never knew I never put a money number to it for a long time i think it was just like hey keep getting better keep getting better and you know as you start to win it's going to eventually add up it's going to continue to roll kind of like a a snowman you're just going to keep rolling it. it's going to grow it's going to grow it's going to grow so um what's funny is uh when we were moving into this new house i found some of my really old notebooks and in my notebooks i would just always write stuff down i'd always write stuff like i want to do this i want to do that and i would write down potential contracts that i that i wanted and i think 2014 was the first year i wrote in there i was like i'm gonna get a million dollar contract like this is this is my value this is what i'm worth this is how it's gonna happen and i mean McBee's challenges like we mentioned earlier were a huge part of that because that's that's a, i mean a company that's that's a dream come true for for a manufacturer that oh these players want to do that do, you know do this do that Um, but big picture, I've always thought, like, I want to be a pioneer in disc golf. You know, we had Klima, we had Schultz, we had Rico, we had all these people, but I want to do more than them. Klima's won 12 championships. I want to win 13 championships or more, but I know I can do more than just win. Um, so being able to be in the position to, to work out a lot of these contracts for not only myself, but see other players start to get these good deals that uh you know I think the picture's still bigger than where it is now but I've always always thought that I would be in this position and just w- knew I just had to work for it
2: That's awesome. I'm definitely smiling ear to ear just hearing you say it. That's cool, man. It's it's definitely been uh amazing to see and definitely I couldn't be happier for you and just the just what you've been able to accomplish in a game that you know, I'm sure I mean, it's just still growing so fast. It's crazy. Like if you told, if you told like 12 year old you that it might, that you might be able to get to this place, I think he probably would have had a, a good laugh and ran back to the baseball field.
3: <laughs> yeah, that's true. I mean, I still like to get out to that baseball field if possible, you know, go back to that, that 12 year old me to where I can just uh, go have fun, not think about anything. For sure. And have fun.
0: So Paul, I, I mean, Obviously you don't have to get too far into it, but what was the moment when you realized, yeah, I'm a disc golfer. I mean, was there a, was there a tournament or a a, a certain time where you just realized, yep, this is, this is what I'm going to do. And I'm pretty darn good at it.
3: Yeah, there was, I mean, I think there was two moments of that. Um, In 2009, um i i think i was playing baseball was i playing was it 2009? well 2009 i went out to kansas city Worlds, and i drove out there with my buddy tommy and we bought this car. <laughs> i bought this car for like six hundred dollars and i was like all right Tommy, we're gonna go to the world championships in kansas city and let's uh let's just do it like let's go and i remember driving him and i drove 24 hours straight to get there played the tournament um i didn't do that well but i think i was still top 20 Maybe maybe top 35 for sure, uh, but I was playing baseball at the time, so I was kind of like, uh, it is what it is, you know. Then we drove back. That car blew a head gasket, but we two miles from our house, so we made it back. <laughs> <laughs> and then 2010, I was still playing baseball, and a little bit more serious into the baseball. And um, I told my coach like, hey, I'm gonna play the season, but I need to take this week off. And it was in Crown Point, Indiana, and uh, Flew out there, played this tournament without playing much disc golf um, throughout the year because it was just all, it was pretty much a spring was baseball. And then um, I think we were getting into like just before playoffs or something. And I uh, went out there to play this tournament, took 11th. And that was kind of the moment where I was like, man, I just took 11th at this tournament. But I, and I wasn't practicing disc golf at all. I was just getting into shape, working on my body and just like reflexes and all that stuff and just working for baseball. So I was able to do that and take 11th and that was the moment I was like, why am I like fighting so hard for this baseball when I have disc golf right here? I took 11th after not playing at all. Imagine if I took all this time I was playing baseball and put that work ethic into disc golf. And that was kind of like the switch that turned on. I was like, all right, I I can get paid for doing this baseball and putting money into it, you know, with all this traveling on my own. I was like, this is where I'm gonna make that commitment because I know if i if i if I do this I can win i i mean i'm I'm ten people away from being in first uh, at the biggest tournament of the year, so um that was really the turning point for me and then and then you know a couple months later, I won the memorial, so the first my first n t and I think that's where it really took off for me
2: Wow, yeah, I can remember. I can remember you at, was it 2008 USDGC or when was that?
3: 2008 was my first one.
2: Yeah. And you did like pretty well, right? Like you were up on lead card or something.
3: Yeah. So 2008, yeah, I was on the lead card. Uh, it was Avery, Climo and Doss. And yeah.
2: Then me. I mean, and, and that, uh, if that tells you all you need to know, like, you know, you hadn't even been playing, but three, four years maybe at that yeah, point, so- And you were still probably like, not even 20.
3: No, in 2008, I was 18.
2: Yeah. And there you are in the yeah. lead card. I can remember like talking in the hotel room and being like, Oh, whoever this kid is. I mean, he's, he can't keep this up. Like, I don't know. I can remember, I can sort of remember like being aware of like, who's this kid on the lead card. That doesn't make any sense. And I was still basically a kid myself then, but you know, how wrong we were we were we were just i can remember thinking like yeah who is this guy what's he even what is who's what does he think he's doing on the lead card i've never seen this guy before
3: <laughs> yeah i mean i had yeah. seen
2: you before but not at that stage
3: no no we saw each other a long time ago before that yeah way back in 2005
2: yeah we kind of touched on that uh, in one of the other episodes didn't we jared about the first me being the first pro paul ever met we told that story a little bit i think y- yeah you, you you started to get into it a little bit i'd like to hear a little more let, let Paul, let's hear Paul's side of it. Cause I've told my side a little bit.
3: Yeah. Way back in 2005, it was my first ever tournament, um, which your last guest, Paul Uliberry, his first tournament as well. Um, but it was my first ever tournament. I was coming from Huntington beach and the world, the amateur junior world championships had happened to be in Flagstaff, Arizona, which was about, I think anywhere between five to seven hours. Um, and, and I had some good friends in disc golf at that time. And, and I remember they drove, took me out there. I was 15 at the time. And uh, I didn't have, it was my first tournament, so I didn't have a rating. So they didn't really know. Because back then, they kind of put, they kind of, I don't know how they did it, but it had to do go by rating. So I didn't have a rating. So they ended up putting me with two other junior girls. And one of those girls was Chris Kristara Lee, and then the other one was this girl named Brianna Anderson Gregg, and uh, Brianna Anderson had her boyfriend there catting for her watching and uh, introduced himself as this professional Nathan Sexton. (laughs) Um, So he was was technically the first pro that I had ever met outside of my, like, my, in Huntington Beach. Um, So that's kind of how I got introduced to him. And it was back when he had the big hair, too. I remember he had the big hair. Um, and, uh, yeah, I was kind of blown away because I didn't I didn't know about professional disc golf too much. But he said he was a – I don't know if you said you were a touring pro, but he definitely said he was a professional. And I was like, oh, okay. All right. I think that was the first time I actually knew that there was a professional disc golf.
2: Yeah, definitely not touring. But I'm sure – I was definitely walking <laughs> tall that week because I was, like, at the M Worlds, you know, but I was, like, very – just had turned pro so i was very like oh hey guys like i mean i'm not playing you you understand i'm a pro (laughs) (laughs) so
3: yeah so that was the first time i ever met nate i don't think i saw you again after that because i i moved up from that card um but uh yeah nate was the first person i met and now it's brianna sexton so
2: yep yep pretty uh, funny and I think yeah. I, I'm starting to realize where I went wrong. If, if Yuli and you both just kind of made your first tournament of your life was the world championships, that's maybe where I messed up. I was doing these non-sanctioned local park tournaments. I should have just jumped in with two feet straight to the world championships and then see where that leads
3: you. Yep, exactly. And I mean, that, <laughs> that field was so stacked back then too, because we were all 60 and under. I mean, they had me, Yulibari, James Conrad, Devin Owens, um, yeah, some other notable names. I know Chandler Fry was out there, so there was some. Uh, I mean, it's playing wow. against the same people still.
0: Yep. Yeah, that is uh, that. That's pretty crazy. All those names in in one tournament, and people are sitting there watching. And uh, you got Nate Sexton caddying. I mean, that's there's got to be footage of that somewhere. I mean, that's like a that's like a gem in the disc golf uh, fan world. I would imagine. I think.
2: People that follow disc golf now, you would not believe how few cameras there used to be. Like, I wouldn't be surprised if there literally isn't footage of that.
3: Yeah, definitely not of uh, our card, that's for sure. Yeah,
2: yeah. Not, yeah not but the
3: card that we met on.
2: It's so, the, the, and that was 2005. And Jomez, like, didn't even start till like 2012,
3: 2012.
2: 2013. Yep, 2012. Yeah, so we're talking
3: 2000, 2012 before even Pro that. World.
2: Yeah, and, and which I think Paul's first world championship, I and mean, if you watch Shomez, you kind of got a sense for this, but that final nine, I think Jonathan of Jomez, Jonathan Gomez, was the only guy filming, and he was just filming because he wanted to. It wasn't like a contracted thing or he had the rights to film. He was just there, and if he wasn't there, there would be no video of that, right, Paul?
3: Yep, I think he was playing the M... I think he was playing the amateur side, and he just happened to, ha- to have his camera with him. And he asked if anyone was filming. They said, nope. And he just hopped on it. And That's the first ever Joma production video.
2: And otherwise, there would be no video of Paul Macbeth's first world title. So crazy to me. Thinking about how many cameras will be there in 2021 when, you, when you're chasing down that sixth world title, when me and you are squaring off with two holes to go. Uh, how many cameras are going to be? 35? Probably, probably closer to thirty-five than one.
3: At least, at least thirty-five.
2: It's pretty crazy how it's changed.
3: Yeah, now I mean, now that you think about, two thousand five had probably one handheld camera.
2: Somebody's dad and, uh, that was like yeah. into cameras.
3: Yeah, yeah, probably probably having to roll the camera and stuff. So. <laughs>
0: Talk about being in the right place at the right time. Jonathan Gomez there with his, with his camera and being the only person there. And now Gomez has grown into what it is. I mean, wow. Yeah, for sure.
3: <laughs> yeah. No, it, it's incredible to see and think about. Because I know the first video that I was on, I think, was 2007 Amateur World. And it was a final nine. And that was filmed by uh, Terry Miller. Nice. Or he was, he, was the, he was the host of the world. I shouldn't say he was behind the camera. He might not have been the disc golf guy yet.
2: He was the TD or something, wasn't he? Yeah. Yep. Yeah. And I, I there's definitely video out there of me uh, competing in the 2004 amateur world final. And you can definitely, you can get a sense for the, the big hair Paul's talking about. If you dig that, dig deep enough on YouTube and find that.
3: That was, uh, that was outside the U S right?
2: No, that, that, that was 2003 in Canada there. I don't think there's any video of that. That was juniors and then 2004 was um des moines and that was i took fourth in the in just the amateurs in the advanced so i had made it to the final nine and they did have video of that
3: was that your last amateur tournament it was yeah okay well if it was in canada i know you won
2: canada (laughs) you know not many people can touch me in canada some great guys some great names have tried oh
0: yeah (laughs) <laughs> yeah, you've you've got some you've got some wins up there, and uh, and Paul, you you've been, you got close to a win there, right?
3: Yeah, yeah, I was trying to take Nate's thunder and, and be a U.S. world and Canadian champion all at once, but came up short.
2: If I if I my memory, if my memory serves, Paul, the baskets were not kind to Paul that day, the final day. <laughs> I seem no, to remember two. I felt like there was two pretty serious spit outs which uh, might have made some of the difference.
3: Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I was going all out that round. Nate had a pretty significant lead. I'm, I'm, I think, and uh, I was being very aggressive and I had two, two putts come pretty far backwards straight out of the basket. And that kind of, I feel like that, that kind of took the momentum away from me making a really good run. After that, it was kind of, he was too far away, but yeah. it could have, it could have been exciting coming down the stretch if those, those stuck and didn't roll away
2: what i remember about the end is like maybe six holes to go i had like kind of a huge lead like seven or eight and i kept and i was i remember going up to you and being like if i birdie this you're done like obviously joking around <laughs> but then i but then i wouldn't birdie it and you would and the next hole if i birdie this you're done and then i miss again and miss again miss again and i had enough luckily but <laughs> you you made it interesting as you could even even though i was up seven or eight with six to play i, I don't think i won by more than like two uh, so I definitely was starting to feel the nerves by the 18th when I kept joking like, oh, I'll birdie this one and you're, then it's over. But then I would just keep hitting trees.
3: Yeah. Yeah. I think you and I are on our, our one and one in hurricane tournaments. So.
2: Oh, yeah. Sure. Yeah. With also the GBO. Is that the one you're thinking of? No.
3: Uh, USDGC.
2: Oh, sure. Yeah. There's also that GBO that we took one to that the last round got canceled. I, that might have been like the last tournament I was in the RV with you, I think. Yeah. It might have been 2017. You won, I got second, and the final round was canceled.
3: And and <laughs> I remember any time tournaments got canceled and you were in a good position, you'd just be like, no, I'm happy with this."
2: Yeah, cancel right. Yeah. <laughs> I wasn't that worried about it. I was like, cool, second. Yeah, what, do you want me to go out there and catch two or three strokes in like a driving rainstorm
0: with lightning? No, nah, I'm good.
3: And I was like, it's second place is saying that shit. <laughs>
0: <I'm in." laughs> Look, I got to ask you guys, was there ever any uh, awkward rides home in the RV after, after a tournament? I mean, you guys are both so competitive and you guys are always in the running. It seems, uh, was there ever, ever any time it spoiled over into the ride home and there wasn't much said for the, for the first few hours of the ride? I really don't think so. And we've talked about this a couple times publicly before, but like, I
2: really can't even remember. I mean, we spent about two and a half seasons in that, in that RV. And I really can't even remember a time when we argued. Like we definitely no. had moments where it's like, shut up. Like, you know, I don't want to drive all night or whatever it is.
3: But that was the most common thing. Yeah. I, I love driving through the night and Nate would, cause we were in the truck. So it wasn't like an RV to where you could just walk back and sleep. Yeah. You had to park because the way that it closes up, you can't drive the truck and have someone sleep in the fifth wheel. So that was that was Nate's thing is he he'd always want to sleep at night and I'd just want to keep driving. And that was that was probably the only thing that ever frustrated me um, on the road, but we never thought about it. It was kind of just like, all right, we'll pull over sleep and get up early.
2: Or sometimes we just drove and I would be like, dude, what good does it do us to pull in at two thirty AM? Like what what how does that help anyone? It just makes us so we can't wake up the next day. But uh, but yeah, that was about as close as it ever got because that was kind yeah. of my side of it, and he'd just be like, "Man, we're on the road. Let's just do it."
3: Yeah. And, uh, and 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 as far as competitive side, I think Nate and I are both very good at. We don't take back our negatives from the course. Like we never like, I would never get mad about something that happened on the course and take it out and talk to Nate about it. Nate wouldn't do it, you know, the other way. So. We never yeah, really had I think, any issues. That's one of the, I think, the most annoying things on tour is when people tell you about their whole round and how every single bad thing happened to them.
2: Yeah. Oh. Yeah. And you just kind of like that. You didn't get seven spit outs. I'm sorry. I don't believe you. <laughs> when, when people tell you that kind of stuff. But yeah, man, I think something that would surprise people about Paul Macbeth is that despite being super serious competitor and so driven and so successful. He's pretty chill. Like, like I remember that memorial, which you ended up eventually losing in a playoff. But your bag got stolen right before the tournament, and I kind of expected you to be like a little on edge that morning and like, God, I can't believe this. And you just got all new discs, and you were just laughing and joking like normal. I was kind of like, okay. And then you went out there and tied the thing and lost in a playoff. So, not a guy that's that uh, that lets a, a bad break bug him too much.
3: No, that's yeah, that's true. I remember that, and and I always. <laughs> Um, I have a truck right now, and uh, I talk. I tell Hannah all the time. I was like, it annoys me to have a truck, and I don't know why. And I, I goes back to my bag being stolen. Because every time, anytime I have something in the back of the truck, I have to move it. Anytime I park, I'm like, can't be back there. It's gonna get stolen. Yeah. And and it's funny because it goes back to that. And that's I never I never thought of like why do I hate having this truck and having stuff in the back
0: because of that. It all makes sense. The Paul Macbeth disc market's pretty strong. Have you ever checked to see if anybody was out there slinging those discs? to Catch the guy that stole your bag.
3: Um, I don't remember what discs were in there. Uh, there's only one disc. There was only one disc that I felt like, oh man, that one's not replaceable. Every other one was replaceable, so I wasn't really upset about it um, because it was just a, a mistake of leaving the bag in the back of the truck, you know. And it was always I always put it in the truck. Uh, And it just happened to be the one time I didn't. But it was like like one of the first ever Rock 3s that was made, uh, the Champion Rock 3s. So that's the one that I was bummed out for the longest time um, because it was kind of special. It was one of the first ones. Um, But other than that, I don't remember anything about the bag. I don't even remember what color it
0: was. Short memory wow do you guys do you guys write your names and, and numbers on the inside of your disks even now still when you when you're out playing around is there is it is it gonna say Paul Macbeth and your phone number in there
3: uh definitely not my phone number and I wouldn't to be honest I wouldn't even write my name on it if I didn't have to for pdj rules purposes um so if I lose a disk, I kind of expect it to be gone because it just has my signature on it. But uh, one funny thing I saw on Reddit was someone said, Look at this beginner who writes his name on a disc and just doesn't put his phone number. And uh it was a Nate Sexton disc.
2: <laughs> <laughs> I think uh, I think they were I think they were taking a <laughs> making a joke at my expense. But yeah, that was true. <laughs> I don't I don't put my number on there either. Though I did just get a cool Christmas present. Bree gave me a rubber stamp of my logo, so now I just gotta get the appropriate ink and I can I might not have to put Sharpie on them anymore. I can just rubber stamp a logo on the bottom, and that means it's There smart. you go.
3: Yep. No, oh, it's smart. My brother did that too with his. So it's a, not a logo, but just his name. Like, yeah, yeah. Seems, seems way easier than having to carry a Sharpie around all the time.
0: And it looks cooler. Yeah, I've never had a disc returned, so just a heads up, Nate. I've got your name and phone number inside all my discs now. So uh, <laughs> <laughs> <I'm> just, <laughs> Now, each week, we play a fun game here on Running It with Nate Sexton, and it's you or Nate. And that's where I sit down with our guest and I ask them a couple fun questions and they answer Would that be you or Nate? A couple fun topics for us to debate. It's time to play. It's you or Nate. But this week, for a special New Year's edition, I've arranged something for our listeners. So, welcome to the show, Mrs. Brianna Sexton and Mrs. Hannah Macbeth. How are you, ladies?
4: Great. How are you? Doing well, Jarrett.
0: I'm super excited about this. It's not it's not often that we get an opportunity to uh, to kind of switch it up a little bit. So I'm sure Nate and Paul are both sweating wherever they are right now. And uh, and you know what they should be because we're gonna have some we're gonna have some fun playing a special edition. So we're gonna do two separate games here, ladies. Um, so Hannah, I'm gonna play you or Paul and. Bree, I'm going to play you or Nate and then I'm going to kick it over to both of you guys and we're going to play a little edition of Paul or Nate. How's that sound? <laughs>
4: sounds good, <laughs> sounds fun.
0: <laughs> okay, cool. So we're going to start with, um, I'm going to ask a question and then Hannah, you're going to answer the same question, whether it'd be you or Paul, and then Bree will kick it over to you and you'll answer, would it be you or Nate? So the first one is, You or your husband, who's more likely to fall asleep in the middle of a movie?
5: Uh, That would be Paul McBeth.
4: Uh, That would definitely be me. Uh, Nate calls it the sleep cliff. (laughs) He he looks over at me. He's like, you're about to fall off the sleep cliff, huh? And I say, most definitely.
0: (laughs) The sleep cliff. I love that. My my kids laugh at me because I fall asleep in the movie theater. So it's, don't don't feel bad.
5: Um, <laughs> I don't fall asleep I, movies because I'm too busy asking questions about the movie. <laughs> I fell asleep in the theaters on one of the
4: Lord of the Rings ones because it was like what? A, it was like a midnight showing and I was really tired.
5: <laughs> oh, Bree. <laughs> <sighs>
0: um, you or your husband who gets control of the remote?
5: Me. Oh, I.
4: I try to be nice and let him, but mostly, yeah, mostly it's just a mind game and I get to decide. At the end.
0: <laughs> Who's the pickier eater or who has a harder time deciding where or what you guys are going to eat.
5: He always asks me what to eat. And I never know because I feel like that's a woman thing. And that's just, yeah, I never know what I want. So he'll suggest something and I know what I don't want. But I'm really bad at finding what I want. So I guess I'm the more difficult one. He would always just say Chipotle. <laughs> um,
4: for us, this is honestly a common like point of contention where uh, we actually get mad at each other for making the other one choose what we're going to eat. Same. Um, and, and Nate's always saying, like, I'm just being nice and letting you choose. And I'm like, no, you just don't want to have to make the decision. And, uh, <laughs> yeah, so I'm, I'm going to say we're pretty equal on that one.
0: Okay, fair enough. Who snores louder? Paul. I don't
5: at all. I talk in my sleep, and it's really creepy, but <laughs> I'm a motivational sleep talker. <laughs>
0: <laughs> There's hey, a YouTube video for the that. channel. Oh, God. <laughs>
4: Yeah, you do need... You, Paul needs to capture that on video.
5: Yeah, it's actually really embarrassing, Brie. I don't know if we need to capture that on video. <laughs> I, I think we do, actually. Oh, my gosh. Uh, oh, boy.
4: Uh, Nate and I don't snore on the regular, but uh, I even remember back to when we were <laughs> dating, Nate just breathes so loud. <laughs> like, sometimes I'm sitting there and I think... How are you making that much noise just living? Like I'm making no noise. So he's a bit of a mouth breather.
0: Okay, we'll accept that. that. That that works. Um who who spends more money out shopping?
5: Me. Oh, actually that's not true. No, that's not true. It's no, that's Paul actually. I buy the most things, but he buys the most expensive things. Mm, okay. So, yeah. But to be fair, it's like knives and plates and house things and Lululemon. <laughs> okay.
4: Yeah. Uh, I'm definitely more prone to buying random things for Coraline um and i would say i definitely buy more of the house things and decorative things but i will give nate credit he's a very good gift giver and so he is um gonna spend a lot more money on like presents for me uh and i (laughs) and i just complain every year i'm like stop getting me presents because it just makes me look bad
0: (laughs) i was gonna say that's a lot of pressure
4: (laughs) it is it really is (laughs)
0: although he, he was just talking about the awesome stamp that you got for him he was just saying what a great present he got
4: every once in a while i come through and sometimes i think i'm gonna come through and it falls flat on its face and that's really disappointing um and then sometimes like the stamps i was just like well obviously he's already thought of this but i'll just do it for him and then he really likes it so i get lucky
0: all right, let's kick it over to Paul or Nate and let you guys have some fun here because we've got a couple of uh, – we got, I think we got a couple of fun questions. So you guys both know each other's husbands and you guys know each other. So Paul or Nate, who could put together an IKEA Entertainment Center faster?
5: Oh, geez. Yeah. Um... Oh, geez. I'm just picturing this. That would be a great YouTube video. <laughs> yeah, really, really. <laughs> because if you told him that it was a competition, he would freak out. Like they're both super competitive, but I feel like Nate probably has the most experience doing that. But yeah, geez, I don't know. That's a tough one, but I think I'm going to have to go with Nate.
4: That's interesting because, yeah, I also think it'd be a tough one. Um, Nate is like, he he's like pretty detailed. Like he's going to follow the instructions. And yeah. when I get in there, I just get like irritated. I'm like, well, just put this in there and whatever. Um, but I, I really think that if it were a competition, I, I feel
5: like Paul would win it. So I'm going to go with Paul. He does have like a architect mind. So he would definitely be super analytical about everything, but I don't know if he would study the direction. So he might get stuck and then waste time having to figure out what's going on. All right. Future YouTube videos. It's actually a really great idea for you.
0: It would be great. And I just want to point out to all of our listeners that right before the wives got on, the boys were just talking about how they're not competitive with each other at all. So, um,
5: well, maybe not in you know certain things, but
0: that's what they say, but I think all of us fans who've watched throughout the years exactly. I think we <laughs> yeah. all, I think we all know differently. <laughs> so here we go. We're talking about that competitive nature. Who do you think gets more intense while playing a board game?
4: Outwardly, outwardly intense. It, I, I mean, I. It just jumps out to me that this would be Paul. What do you think, Hannah?
5: Um, he see, he's funny because when he gets really competitive, he gets really quiet. And that's how you know he's really trying to compete. Whereas I'm the opposite; I'll get louder. And I think Nate, ugh, this is such a hard. Ugh, they're so similar. I, it's so difficult. I I think I ugh, I don't know. I I think. Well, here here's my thought. I don't on know. It.
4: Here, I I picture Paul getting real quiet and intense looking and really serious. And Nate would just keep making jokes. And uh, do you remember that picture he took one time? They were playing like um, uh, Ticket to Ride. And he. He made uh, the train say "Paul sucks," S U X, and then took a picture of Paul yeah, with that I, in the that. <laughs> <laughs> I think he shared it on Instagram or something. But um, I feel like Nate would just like keep joking, and you wouldn't be able to tell that he was like really wanting to win this thing. And but Paul, you look over at Paul, and you'd be like, "Whoa, game on!" Yeah, yeah,
0: hmm, yeah. I I don't know. I, I think I can see Nate flipping a monopoly board.
5: <laughs> yeah, I I don't think. I don't think I would ever see that with Paul.
0: Who spends more time on their phone? Paul or Nate?
5: <laughs> Paul. Yeah, it's got to be Paul. I mean, every time if- I say Paul, he goes, "What?" <laughs> Cuz he thinks I'm calling him. <laughs>
0: <laughs> <laughs> You've got him conditioned well.
4: Did you yeah. tell him did you tell him you're doing a podcast
5: right now that he should just chill? <laughs> yeah he knows but he doesn't know like what the conditions are so I think he just is being sincere every time and he thinks I'm calling for him <laughs> like, but when I say his name because usually I would say like babe or I call him bear so when I say Paul it's like serious <laughs> <laughs> poor guy <laughs> but um yeah so I would have to say Paul for sure and, well, Nate, I feel like it was always working on his phone. Um, At least when we traveled together and everything, he was always, always doing something productive whenever he was on his phone. And then with Paul, he's always reading about the UFC. And then he'll read UltiWorld articles or on Facebook seeing what people are doing. And then he's on, like, you know, catching up on Twitter with, like, UFC stuff. And so a lot of his hobbies he'll follow the people like the fighters or athletes and stuff or the teams online. So he spends a lot of time on his phone, but it's not like mindlessly scrolling. It's a lot of like reading and, you know, digging into his hobbies, but yeah, a lot. I think he spends a lot more on it than Nate does, but
4: I I agree. I feel like, uh, if you want to call it a benefit, Nate has Coraline who, uh, Mm -hmm. gets you off your phone pretty well. Um, but I just like to question how did you confirm that he was working <laughs> when you were traveling with him?
5: Because I sat behind him in the car. Okay. Okay. All right, that's legitimate. <laughs> so he was I... Either he was texting you, he was responding to fans online, or he was reading emails from like UC or something and like that was it. <laughs> yeah, cuz I, that... I would I always sat in directions so if I was looking around the truck, I would always like see um, you know, what everyone was doing. And so I had a bird's eye view, or I okay. guess not a bird's eye view, but I had a pretty good shot of.
4: Yeah, yeah. I, I think it's a, a common thing where I get irritated because he's like, I'm working. I'm, you know, and he's really good at responding to fans and he's doing, you know, work on his phone. But then, like, all of a sudden I look over and he's, like, reading the Blazers blog. And I'm like, wait a second. <laughs> <You're> <laughs> when did this happen? How long have you been here to get up You're and lying. do some dishes? <laughs> 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 but, uh, but no, no, he, he's not that bad.
0: Yeah, I think with, with him being with Coraline so much, it, uh, I, I can tell because, you know, Throughout the day, we'll, you know, text an idea about a show or a, a sponsor thing, and I'll send him a message, and then I won't hear anything for forty-five minutes. But then, in forty-five minutes, I'll get eleven messages in a row: bang, 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 bang. And I'm like, oh, okay, Coraline must, she must have found something to do for a minute, and he was able to break away. So
5: that's exactly I love what's how happening. I knew. I love how I knew what he was doing because I used to sit behind him in the car. <laughs> that sounds so sketchy. <laughs>
0: Yeah, I wasn't gonna call you out on that at all. So it's all it's,
5: right. It's all right. I was just no- I was just keeping tabs because you know Bree wasn't there. So I was like, hey, don't yeah, be, I mean, I'm pretty you know, sure online Hannah, shopping? I'm pretty sure They're Hannah and just- I
4: were in, in touch more than Nate and I, you know. I just like, what is he doing? <laughs> Who is he talking with? You need to let me know. <laughs>
0: Well, I, I think it's so awesome that you guys both had this disc golf connection to, to your relationships, right? I mean, uh, Nate was caddying for you the first time he met Paul and God, Hannah, I can remember you and Paul doing champs versus chumps and, uh, oh, just being a, no. a, a cute, cute <laughs> little couple holding hands, walking to, off to the next hole. Um, and, uh, so it kind of, kind of neat. Now, we're gonna get into. Uh, we're gonna talk a lot with the guys about how how they first met and and hear about their stories. But we've got the wives here for a specific reason. Now, Hannah and Bree, I'm gonna ask you guys each to give us one fun fact about your husband that we may not know. Something that the listeners might really get a kick out of. And I know I'm putting you on the spot. We didn't talk about any of this beforehand, but. Give me give me one fun Paul Macbeth and Nate Sexton fact that they might not put out there on their own.
5: Uh, this is kind of on the spot, so I'm going to give a couple just because as Perfect. I was thinking. I had like two. <laughs> Perfect. Uh, so one of the things that just came up the other day was that Paul actually knows sign language and took, I think, two years of ASL classes because when he was playing in Huntington, I think some of the disc golfers there were deaf. And so that was the only way that you could communicate with them. So him and his friend um, went out and learned that, which I think is really cool because there's actually a lot of deaf disc golfers out there. And so I thought when I met him, I thought that was really cool. And then, and a lot of people don't know that about him. Um, I think on a nerdier level. Um, yes. <laughs> Give us
0: the goods.
5: <laughs> oh, no. Don't hype it up. Don't hype it up. <laughs> um, he, uh, we, we we're actually laughing about this today because we went to Starbucks this morning and got like uh, breakfast sandwiches for breakfast. And we both had to take our Invisalign out because we both have Invisalign right now. And I was like, oh, it's like we're two teenagers in love. (laughs) So that was, I guess, the other thing that's kind of funny that a lot of people don't know is that like we both have Invisalign. Um, That's so cute. Thank you. Um, I don't know. Fun Fox. He's done so many interviews and so many different things. So I feel like there's not a lot that people don't know. Um,
0: Yeah. Yeah. There's a lot out there. You know, I just thought maybe if he still still slept with his blankie from when he was a kid or if he likes, oh. needs to keep a nightlight on, you know, just something, something fun.
5: Um, I mean, he snores really loud and that yeah. always makes me laugh because people don't really know that. <laughs> but I don't know. Other than that, he's pretty just he's just like your average cool guy. So I'm sure I'll think of something and then I won't be able to sleep tonight because I didn't say it.
0: That's okay. We're we're at Instagram running it with Nate Sexton. And you know, you can just shoot it there. Our fans, our fans will catch it. What about you, Brie?
4: Man, it, Hannah gave me so long to think of something good. You're welcome. Um, that
5: was that was I had your back there. Low key. I was like, oh geez, what am I gonna say?
4: Yeah. Well, and then I still sort of failed. Okay, I've, I've thought of some <laughs> little things. Um, let's see. So Uh, I mean, people might sort of know this that Nate overall is like pretty goofy, um, in like a no way, (laughs) in a pretty (laughs) in a a, like you know very like uncool uh dad dad joke ish sort of way, where I have um even recently some pretty good videos of him like doing Frozen karaoke. With this new karaoke microphone that we got Coraline for Christmas, and I'm just saving them on my phone for the like appropriate moment to to share them out with the world. Uh, I already
0: have so many ideas.
4: (laughs) Yeah, yeah. So I mean, like you know, he he puts out some of his goofiness, but like he he hides a good deal of the like the true weird, uh, embarrassing goof. And then, I mean, I sort of along those lines, I guess my brain is just going to things that could maybe embarrass him a little bit, though he's not easily embarrassed. Uh, But I don't know if you, if anyone has seen, I guess they probably have, but seen his uh, like his high school senior picture and the hair and uh, like Nate has the most volume of any person I've ever met. Um, (laughs) (laughs) Have you seen some of his high school senior pictures, Hannah? no i don't think i've had the pleasure oh my goodness you're missing out yeah it's like it his hair just grows like straight up um and then we'll do a little like loop-de-loo at the end um and when i met him uh because we met in high school uh he would walk around the halls of our high school just spinning an ultimate disc on his like middle finger just in in passing times in the hallway like that that was you (laughs) and apparently apparently that's uh when I fell in love with him (laughs) oh I mean yeah (laughs)
5: yeah I I mean why wouldn't you
4: (laughs) hey girl He did get the like entire cross country team to join his like newly formed old high school ultimate team, and like helped create the Oregon State uh, like high school ultimate championships. And we crushed it because it was just him and a couple other guys who knew how to throw um, the ultimate disc, and then a like a couple state championship cross country teams just like sprinting down the field, and someone would like eventually catch it, and we would
5: win.
0: Well, that's awesome. I'm sure the boys are anxious to get back, but before I, I let them get back on, when they eventually make the the movie and it's a biography of Paul and Nate and their years in the RV, Hannah, who's playing Paul from Hollywood? And Bree, who's playing Nate? Um,
5: Mario
0: Lopez can play Paul. Mario Lopez is like 53.
5: Have you seen him? He looks great.
0: I was always a Zach Morris guy, not an AC Slater guy. So you're, you're barking up the wrong tree, but it's your, it's your husband and your movie. So Mario Lopez, it is. I
5: mean, Who do you want me to say? Shia LaBeouf? <laughs>
0: no, I w- no, Mario Lopez. He's in there as, as, as Paul Macbeth. Bree, who's playing Nate Sexton?
4: Oh man, this is a really hard one for me because I'm, Really terrible at like remembering uh, like famous people's names and who they are. And I think I was. Would... Yours is the easiest. Well, so that's what I'm going to go with is that everyone just says he looks like Channing Tatum. Is that right? Yeah. Is that, is that right? Okay, good. <laughs> I was really afraid I was going to say it wrong. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> say someone real terrible. Um, yeah. So I'm going to go with that just to avoid uh, making a fool of myself. Um, yeah.
0: Mario Lopez enchanting Tatum Magic Mike and AC Slater okay got it um that'd be yeah, a, that'd be, an- be great yeah, I think, I think that somebody in Hollywood needs to start getting the script going on that right now. And uh, I, can't wait to, I can't wait to tell the guys all about this. Hannah, I'm, I'm going to ask Paul to, uh, to go ahead and plug all of your stuff, but you probably have a, a better understanding of all of it, your YouTubes. your where, sh- where can everybody check out what you and Paul are doing?
5: So during the off-season, Paul and I put out content on his YouTube channel. So it's youtube.com slash Paul McBeth. Um, and I have an Instagram, but I'm mostly active on Twitter. So you can follow me on Twitter and I usually reply to just about everybody because it's way easier and you don't have to have the pressure of taking photo and looking good and whatever. And so my Twitter is at Hannah E. McBeth. I also have a podcast for FPO. That's pretty much FPO focused, um, just to like shed some light on that division and that's on the Disc Golf Network, and it is called the Party Podcast with Hannah and Christine. So that's what I'm up to these days.
0: For all of our listeners, you guys know where you can check out Hannah and Paul. Hannah, thank you so much for coming on and doing this with us. And Bree, thank you. But I'm gonna keep uh, we're gonna keep getting you back on because I think there's some more there's some more to get out of you here. So yes. this is Na- this is Talk Nate's podcast money. and yes absolutely this is nate's podcast and and we're gonna have to get you on and uh and have you chat with us more than more than just this one spot so keep oh those my goodness. well Anna, don't I, I think she don't you think she's a natural
5: yeah when are you gonna come on my podcast it's good. <laughs> we'll it's good my podcast is called the party for a reason just saying
4: well we can talk about that time that i beat one person and uh, now can use the I'm a disc golf world champion at all of my like various med school and residency interviews as my fun fact.
5: Yes. <laughs> Perfect.
0: Yeah. Oh, Hannah, thank you so much for doing this. And I'm sure the fans are really going to enjoy being able to uh, being able to hear a little insight on these these two guys that they love so much. They get the, the real scoop from the wives. So I certainly appreciate you doing this for us. And that was certainly a fun edition of what is typically you or Nate with Dr. Sexton and Mrs. Macbeth rather than Nate and Paul. And uh, I think the, the viewers, the listeners are really going to enjoy that. I'm kind of looking forward to hearing it myself because I was downstairs
2: with Coraline. I didn't hear any of it. I don't know about you, Paul, but I, I have no idea what was discussed.
3: I was with Harrison and the only thing I heard was Mario Lopez. So... <laughs> I'm on a cliffhanger. Oh, oh, you just wait.
2: <laughs> okay, cool. Well I hope I hope everybody enjoys it. I think the by the look on Bree's face when she came out of the room, I feel like she had a good time.
0: She's a natural. I told her she's gonna be back,
2: so Yeah, she can host next week. For, it's fine with me. <laughs> you know what? After some of the answers and some of the
0: stuff she told, the fans made one or two. Cool. Oh boy. um now nate you were gracious enough to let all of the listeners and all of your instagram followers know that we were going to have paul Macbeth on the show and that they could send their questions to the show page and boy did they ever um the questions just pounded the Instagram page the Facebook page the email Um, I apologize to the 7,000 questions that aren't going to get answered but I did pick out a few that kind of stuck out some some questions for Paul you guys ready to do some fan questions let's do it let's do it okay Paul what keeps you motivated to play or tour after all the incredible things you've already accomplished during your career this comes from chip on Instagram
3: Chip. Um I think knowing that as far as an athlete your career is not forever so I want to accomplish as much as I can with the short window that I'm given on the athletic side um I mean I have a lot of goals outside of just playing but um as far as staying motivated just thinking this could be over in 10 years or less um I think is my biggest motivator
2: I, I I'm looking forward to it too man cuz you just turned 30 I'm on all, I did all my best work on this side of 30. So you got the the meat of your career coming up.
3: Oh, yeah. I was a late bloomer, too. So I know the best years are still to come.
0: Jarrett from Buffalo wants to know, Paul, with you constantly getting that Michael Jordan uh, comparison, being the Michael Jordan of disc golf, who's Nate Sexton? He snuck in Nate his own
2: Sexton. question, Jarrett from Buffalo.
0: <laughs> oh, yeah, you caught that.
3: Ah, uh, Nate Sexton, um, he's very unique. So, are you are you asking who in the NBA? Yeah, who
0: would be? Yeah, who would be his NBA? If you're if you're Michael Jordan, Nate Sexton is. Oh man. It's obviously
2: Rodman.
3: No. <laughs> Was uh, man, uh, I don't want to say someone like a Shaq or a Barkley, but like that's like what I'm getting is like. <laughs> That's what's coming Absolutely. to you. You got to go with yeah, your gut, that's man. What's coming to me, man. I, I'm talking right. like a like a Shaq or a Barkley. Maybe more so Barkley because I mean he had a great career. Unfortunately, I don't think Barkley ever won a title. He may have, but
2: he had He, some did, good not. Years. he
3: already, did not. I'm already already yeah. got
2: that out of the way.
3: Yeah, so Nate Nate's already beat Barkley, but just the everyone loves to watch what those two are doing. Um I mean they're on the post-game shows. They're not really playing as much, but uh you know, I think I think long term that'll probably be that's what's coming to me, just entertainment, pure entertainment from those two.
0: Not that I'm here to toot our horn or anything, Nate, but uh, your podcast did outperform Shaq's last week's in the ratings. I sent you the pictures of, <laughs> you know, so I'm I'm just throwing it out there. Uh, so here's a the fun.
3: why I think both. I think it's I think he's Shaq and Barkley combined. So there we go. The titles and
0: the comedy. It's amazing. Uh, here's a fun question for both of you guys. Um, if you guys had to play a one disc round putting with that disc as well on a course that has holes ranging from 200 to 450, what are you grabbing? This comes from Steven. Oh, Nate, you want to go first? Sure. Sure. Um, well, We know what Nate's grabbing.
2: Yeah. It's like, it's between two. It's either the, it's the dart or the firebird, but I, pr- I feel like I probably would go firebird just because I can't really throw that many forehands with a dart. And I probably would like to, and also it could get me closer to having to look on that one four fifty hole if we get there. So I'll, I'll probably go with my, uh, my workhorse and take the firebird.
3: Yeah. See, I'm a, I'm a similar situation. It's between a buzz or a Luna. Um, but if I had to pick one, I'd probably just go with the buzz because I could drive upshot putt with it more comfortably than having to force a putter throughout the course. But uh, yeah, right between those two.
2: You could get or, away with a little more forehand with a buzz too, which might be nice. That's
3: true. That's true. Yep, that was, that's actually what made me go buzz is when you said that with the forehand um, on the firebird.
0: Uh, here's a fun fan question that I had to throw in. Uh, we heard last week uh, Paul Ulibarri has himself in the top five uh, sidearm or forehand, however you guys want to want to throw it, uh, put it out there. Paul, which number is Paul Ulibarri in your top five? One, two, <laughs> three, four, five. <laughs> this is Paul. Paul puts himself – I don't know if he's ever had
2: this conversation with you, but he puts himself at fifth in uh, for forehand throwers of all time.
3: <laughs> I mean, you, you only gave me a top five option, so you didn't say I could go lower. So he has to be number five. <laughs>
2: uh, <laughs> Don't say that's that because he now he's going to say Macbeth says he's number five all time. Now that's just it, that's just in it, Yuli's tool bag of arguments. Now Macbeth says you know I am
3: top five. Hold on, this dro- this drops twenty twenty one January first. So I am going to talk to him, and we're going to go play. I am going to drive down to Charlotte and go play him an all forehand challenge. Oh, he'd love it. Do that. So January 1st, God. So we'll see if I beat him, then where is he dropping to?
0: Well, well, Nate doesn't have him in his top five to, to, to be fair. I asked Nate, I said, is Paul in your top five? And he said, no. Uh, but Paul, you know, made his argument. And I think he sold me on the, on the top five argument, but you, you don't have to have him in your top five. Um, Nate certainly doesn't.
1: If
3: I was to actually think current, no, he's definitely not in the top five. I can think of five people right now off the top of my head. But, I mean, he always goes on his percentages. <laughs> so you say. have he's conversation.
0: <laughs> there we go. You have had it.
3: <laughs> but, yeah, what is it? And, I mean, he, he tops out at like 350, 320 maybe.
0: Yeah, I think
2: 350 is a stretch.
3: And it keeps going backwards. I mean, I think he's got a really good sidearm. He does. I think he's got a great sidearm, but top five, no.
0: And then Nate, you mentioned, you know, all of the, the, the newer guys in the last few seasons that have hit the tour. And he goes, yeah, they don't count. You do it for 15 years and then come talk to me. So he's, he's got every, he's got every angle covered on that one. All right. Now let's see here. I got so many questions and I'm going through. Okay. I would like to know. Uh, How your relationship with Hannah has changed your approach to these tournaments. What are the benefits of having a significant other already heavily invested in the sport? Is it comforting or nerve-wracking when she's covering your card?
2: Well, Hannah and I are just friends. I don't think it's changed (laughs) (laughs) anything about what we've done, you know? It's like, I, I I don't mind at all. If she's there, it's great. You know, I'll say hi, smile, but it doesn't change anything for me. Uh, okay, how about
3: you, Paul? <laughs>
0: <laughs>
3: oh man. Uh it's she doesn't like doing it to be honest. I don't I don't mind. Uh, but I know that she doesn't like doing it, so it is a little bit awkward when I have to do interviews and stuff with her. Uh, because that's her one request is like as long as I don't have to interview my husband, I'm fine with it. But uh so yeah, those are a little bit awkward. I don't mind if she's doing commentary or anything like that. Um But as far as traveling, I think every year it changes for her, you know, because she gets these different. I mean, for me, it's just like, I got to play this tournament. I want to go win the tournament. Her thing is she's always trying to find something new to do in the sport. So now it's media. So it's just like, uh, you know, now if she works with the Disc Golf Pro Tour, they have their, they're they're talking about having their new headquarters in Milwaukee. So it's like, is she going to fly to Milwaukee every week? Is she going to stay low? So I don't know. But I mean, I think I think for me, I thrive under um, being uncomfortable. I think that's what that's what really helps me is is I thrive in uncomfortable situations. So I'm kind (laughs) of comfortable in uncomfortable situations. So um, keeps me on my toes traveling with her because you never know what's next um, on the media side. So I'm always just kind of, all right, we'll do that. We'll do this um i only have one job and one goal so let's let's handle what you want to handle
2: and she's got a podcast too right did you did you plug that already Jarrett? when when we Uh, were
0: oh yeah i i asked her to plug everything and she did the uh the the party in fact she invited on. uh Brie said that she's been nervous for the last four hours just to do this show uh and and hannah said it's called the party podcast for a reason so Um Kyle from Instagram asked Nate, what do you think Paul's biggest strength is on the course? And Paul, what do you think Nate's biggest strength is on the course?
2: Man, let's see. Paul's biggest strength on the course. It's a long list. I would say I would I would almost say mental toughness, even even despite all the uh the physical skills and being able to throw all the shots. I think it's, you know, you get, you get the reputation being clutch for a reason and you win the big tournaments over and over and over again by being able to lean on that and persevere even after you take a seven or whatever you took at the 2014 Worlds coming down the stretch and then you just go on a tear and, and be able to still come back and just never count them out. I feel like mental toughness is probably what I would say his number one strength is.
3: I'll take that. I'll take that. Um. For Nate, I mean, as far as the skill side, I think it's definitely the forehand. Um, it's top five, I think, oh, all time. <laughs> I think, yeah, I would say it's top five all time. Because uh, he just does things with that with that forehand that nobody, I mean, he throws an orc forehand. Nobody does that. <laughs> so he, you know, the, and the dart and all that stuff. But I think that as far as the skill side and, and, and mental toughness as well, I mean, Nate's. Nate's not one that's going to dwell over, you know, an, an errant shot. It's very rare that I see Nate get, get actually mad on the course. And it, it takes, like, four bad things in a row to happen. Um, so I think that is definitely something, something that, that's one of Nate's strengths is, is the mental toughness, just smart, just being really smart on the course. And then skill side is, is definitely the forehand. Backhand, he's been, been working on that for years, so it's coming together.
0: There we go. Almost there. Um, coming from Tim on Instagram, Tim asks, uh, Paul, how, what was it like the first year with Discraft as you were out there playing these tournaments with uh, new discs and not having the discs that you were so used to constantly going to, like the Rock or the AVR? And uh, how long did it take until you were fully comfortable with your new lineup?
3: Well, I think I was fully comfortable immediately with the discs. Uh, You know, I'd go out and throw them all, and I'd think, okay, this flies like that, that flies like this. But what would happen is I would go to a tournament that I was familiar with, and I'd be like, all right, this hole, I normally throw a hyzer flip rock, I'm going to throw my buzz hyzer flip. But the discs aren't, That's not the same disc, so... I'd go to throw a hyzer flip buzz, and buzzes don't hyzer flip, so I just keep hyzering. And I was making mistakes to where I knew how these discs flew, but I would get to the course and go back to previous years on how I used to play this course. So I was I was prepared for what I used to throw. Um, so it took me a couple tournaments to figure out like this is a buzz, flies nothing like a rock, so throw it like a buzz. So I, I, I had to like completely forget about everything I did on all these courses from the previous 12 years and just throw what I felt like was the right disc on those holes. Um, so no time for comfort, a couple tournaments to, to just mentally be like, I need to forget about everything
0: I used to do as far as shot selections. Well, it's worked out for you, Um, (laughs) I would say. Uh, All right, so I've had this question come up from like 10 different people, so I don't want to give any one person credit for it. Paul, tell us about the conversation when you had to tell Innova that you guys smashed up the RV.
3: Wait, we smashed up the RV?
2: (laughs) The the only situation (laughs) we're talking about. Say that again. When the awning got ripped off. We told that story oh, last week.
3: Oh, the awning. Okay. Well, <laughs> I forgot about that. I was thinking of all the other times. There, there was, was a couple other to... times. <laughs> I mean, I remember, I remember Nate stuck it in a ditch once. I remember
2: <laughs> that. I remember before <laughs> I stuck it in the ditch, I remember Hannah jokingly jumping in the driver's seat. Uh, but mostly me. just me and Paul did the driving when it was like the 40-foot trailer back there. And I remember saying... Mm-hmm. Hannah, you're drunk. Not that she was. I was totally joking. Hannah, you're drunk. Get out of there. And then I crashed it in like 30 seconds from that moment of (laughs) saying like, move over. And then I like took it too tight of a turn and put it in a ditch. And luckily it had those power jacks. So we got out of it. But that's when I really remember being like, Hey Paul, explain to me again how this is insured and and am I on the policy and and what would happen (laughs) if, because that was sort of a sobering moment for me where I was like, I don't have enough money to replace this thing and I am capable of crashing it. So I'd better kind of figure out in worst case scenario, what's happening here.
3: Yeah. We, uh, I think after the first like three accidents in there, like, like not car accidents, but just like dumb little things, hitting curves, breaking cupboards. I think we, uh, we, we turned it into the trial and error tour <laughs> because we just tended to try everything and break everything. Uh, and I think after the first year and a half, we we finally figured it out. But uh, luckily, insurance on, on fifth wheel trailers is like seven bucks a month because there's no motor. Um, so it it was uh, there was no conversations with Innova because I, I owned it. Um, so it was uh, it was it was okay. It was good to go.
0: Okay, cool. Is that the same one that, was the, that you guys were in for the, the Santa Cruzmas, the, the starter set Christmas? The, yeah. That
2: video is filmed in, in the Discmania RV, though. Like the watermelon, uh, all that watermelon stuff.
3: Yeah, but we yeah. started it. Oh,
2: yeah, but we started. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, totally. Where I'm like, hey, it's Santa Cruzmas. Yeah, that's the one.
3: Yeah, that was us emerging from our bedrooms.
2: Yeah.
0: Amazing acting in that. Oh, thank you. <laughs> That wasn't acting. That was actually Santa Cruzmas. Right. Okay. Fair enough. Fair enough. Um, well I think uh, I think we had a wonderful time Paul I know that you're you're super busy and uh, and I certainly appreciate you uh, coming on and, and giving us this this opportunity um, and you and Nate go way back so you had to do it for him but um, <laughs> I uh, I certainly appreciate it and it was absolutely awesome Paul this is the part where we let everybody plug their stuff Hannah plugged your YouTube page already um, is there anything else going on with the with foundation or, or anything else that you got that you can plug Love.
3: uh i think i mean i think she nailed it i I want to get to 100,000 subscribers on youtube i think that's a really it's an off-season goal of mine um just because i mean there's no tournament and who knows what what 2021 has in store for us now that we're in the new year um but uh there's a lot of, i got a lot of fun things on my plate right now so um there'll be some some good things dropping in 2021 um from my side so uh yeah, that's all I got for now, but I appreciate that's you guys awesome. having me. Yeah.
0: Yeah, people can always go over to the uh to the foundation disc golf site. You have uh shirts and, and discs and stuff stuff like that available. In fact, um one of our sponsors who's helped us out here on the show, Disc Dot, you guys uh sell those over on uh on the foundation page. Have you ever actually used the disc dot the, the putting tool? Um
3: fa- yeah, found fa- so Foundation First is yeah, we're we're a disc golf store out of Lynchburg, Virginia. Uh, mainly online retail and with covid we're unfortunately sold out of so many things but we do have disc dots yes um we have uh in the shop we have a couple baskets and they have we have the disc dot and then um yeah we have but i think they get bored sometimes and just cover a whole basket in disc dots so (laughs) Um, i haven't used them in an actual practice setting but i have used them in the pro shop and uh I think I think they like having the glow in the dark ones on there for when they're coming in in the mornings.
0: Sounds like a fun place to be. Um, well, hey Paul, <laughs> thank you, uh, thank you so much, and I will let you and Nate say your goodbyes. And uh, and again, I really appreciate you doing this for us and for the listeners.
3: Yeah, thanks again for having me. It was good talking to you, Nate. Um, hopefully, see you next year out on the tour whenever uh, it starts back up.
2: Yeah, for sure, man. It was great to talk to you. Happy holidays, and I'm hoping we'll see you soon.
3: See you, guys.
0: See you, Paul. Thank you. Well, Nate, you certainly delivered another uh, holiday gift for everybody by having Paul Macbeth on the show. Uh, How much fun was that with him? And, uh, of course, you haven't even heard uh, Brie and Hannah yet. Um, That was something that was also a lot of fun. I really enjoyed this week's episode.
2: Yeah, I think I'm going to be first in line on uh, Friday morning to listen to this. i got to know what the wives said about us
0: it wasn't too bad but it was certainly fun and a uh, a, sp- a special reminder for all of our listeners um, you can head over to Fisher disc golf.com and uh, check out their 18 different brands of discs. Uh, one of the owners over at Fisher Levi gave some fun information. Um, but again, FisherDiscGolf.com and uh, disc.usa.com, uh, two of our sponsors that have really uh, helped us out here. And again, our show comes to you guys for free because of our sponsors. So check them out disc.usa.com, FisherDiscGolf.com, and Nate how can they save themselves a little extra money? You got
2: to use our code, RunIt10. That's
0: right, guys. Code RunIt10 on disc.usa and Disc off Both will get you 10% off. And uh, until next week, guys, when everyone else is out there laying them up. We got to run it. We just have to. How can we not? We'll talk to you guys next week.